welcome to season two of the ISC podcast. My name is Genevieve Stowe, and throughout this series, I will talk with industry leaders about their career journeys and what they've learned along the way. It won't just be me doing the interviewing though, there'll be cameos from the ISC team and even some ISC members too. Some of these episodes have been pre-recorded with a live audience. Therefore, some of the questions you hear will have come from ISC members themselves, and we request your patience with any technical issues we might have had. In this episode of the podcast, Lisa Bartlett and I discuss the importance of empowerment. Lisa, who is president of Crawford & Co, who also happens to be an ISC group sponsor, was recently nominated for Insurance Woman of the Year at the Women in Insurance Awards. And it's no wonder why so many of her colleagues feel so strongly about her contribution to the industry. Lisa discusses her management priorities since joining Crawford & Co and the role that empowerment plays in them. Thank you so much to Lisa for taking the time to speak with me and for sharing your insights into empowerment and the role it plays in getting the best out of your team. Thank you, Genevieve, and, and thank you for inviting me. So I've been asked to give a little bit of background on myself, which is always a, an odd question to start with. But um, I spent most of my career as a broker. Um, I grew up with Aon uh, through all of their various mergers and acquisitions. Um, I spent some time with AXA before joining Crawford in 2019. Um, I'd never worked in a claims role in the industry before, um, so I was very much attracted to being part of the growth story for Crawford in the UK. Um, little did I know that shortly after joining Crawford, I'd be given the opportunity to take up the president role. Um, that was an opportunity I grabbed with both hands and haven't really looked back since. So that's really my story. So you've uh, you've been at Crawford for just over a year now. Two years. Um, two, two years. Two years. And what, what have your priorities been since, since you joined? Um, so I probably... Pretty much on taking up the new role, I set my uh, top three priorities and they've not changed. Um, so number one was to make Crawford a great place to work. Uh, number two was drive a client-centric culture. And number three was improve operational efficiency. So pretty much stuck to those two and making Crawford a great place to work. I think we've made great progress over the last couple of years um, and it's really come into its own during the pandemic. Incredible. And so another factor that's obviously very important to you and why we're here today is uh, employee empowerment. Why is, why is that so important? Um, so, you know, it's a personal view that there would be some uh, studies behind that would that back up this view. But I personally believe that empowerment is the biggest driver and biggest lever you can engage in terms of driving employee engagement. So because that's my number one priority and I'm looking for our Crawford colleagues to bring their best selves to work, create a, a culture of transparency and openness and innovation. That's really why I'm pushing the empowerment agenda quite so strongly. Okay. And um, why do you believe empowerment is central to good leadership? Um, but I think you give employees the opportunity to achieve their full potential. So it's my view that they can't achieve their full potential without having that culture um, and if leaders are setting that tone I believe that that will create followership so this is about employees wanting to follow the direction rather being told than being told they need to follow that direction and so how do you um 
how do you at Crawford try and ensure that your employees do feel empowered, empowered to kind of share their ideas, to, to step up and, and really feel part of the organisation? I think uh, it's, it's all about communication. So I don't think you can underestimate that, that, that impact. So you provide the framework, the clarity, the structure, the communication. And I think once employees know what direction you're on, they will then feel more empowered to make decisions and take action in alignment with the strategy. So it builds confidence for me. And, and how does that um, impact the bottom line? Um, I, I, again, I go back, back to the science. So em empowerment leads to engagement. Engagement leads to client satisfaction. Client satisfaction leads to bottom line improvement. Um, we're definitely seeing those results at Crawford. That's incredible. Um, and why should um, companies prioritize a, a favorite topic of ours, developing and retaining great female leaders? Um. I've mentored some really, really great women over the years, and, and I think there are some pretty universal challenges that women look for support with. Um, so here I'm thinking about uh, career interruptions to start a family. When is the right uh, time to come back to work? You've got to get it, you know, when is it too soon? When is it too late? Um, I think when you're coming back to work after having had a family, there can sometimes be a confidence uh, problem that, you know, is more pronounced in women than it is in men. Um, I also uh, more latterly actually have seen real challenges where women um, feel nervous about speaking up in what I, what I would call male dominated environments that all of these uh, challenges can be overcome with the right support, the right coaching and the right mentoring. Um, and I, I just think it's incumbent upon all of us to support our women and helping them get to where they need to be. Mm. Absolutely. And I think at the moment, there's such a, a key conversation happening around those women who, who are maybe just going for a period of parental leave or, or taking a career break. And I completely agree that they need um, a certain amount of support that's, that's different to, uh, for example, women who are just coming into their career right at the start. And, and organisations need to be able to appreciate that different, different level of need in order to ensure that those women do feel empowered to then step into leadership roles. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think when you are the woman concerned that it feels like an insurmountable challenge, but it's only by going to those who have experienced it that you can get the help you need to get where you need to be. And I think that's exactly what we should do. Mm. And you mentioned mentorship and coaching. Is that something that you um, you do at Crawford? We do. Yes, we do. And uh, was that has that been consistent or was that um, brought in in the last couple of years when you joined? I think it's always been a feature, but we've got stronger over the last couple of years. Um, we've also taken uh, a bold new step in sort of creating what we've called a reverse mentoring program where, you know, I, I have a, a junior mentee within the business that helps our senior leaders keep close to what it's really like in our business and what it's really like. For, for, you know, not just the people, but our clients. So um, it's it's too early to say what the results of the reverse mentoring program will be, um, but it's certainly going well so far. Amazing. I've I, we've I've heard a couple of people speak about the the benefits of reverse mentoring, and I think you know there's it can only be positive having open channels of communications across seniority levels. Um, how can we make employees feel more valued in the workplace? Yes, I, th I think there's a range of steps and I could probably talk for some time about that, but I've really 
I think I just wanted to highlight the ones that I think have certainly made the most difference for me over, over the years. So um, I've mentioned communication already. Um, I think uh, we've done a great job at Crawford in terms of communicating. Our communication uh, over the last 12 months has been unashamedly much more internally focused than external. Uh, and that has made a huge difference. I think we all need to get better at celebrating success. So we've certainly got better though. We, we've, we've got further to go. Um, I think we should always take steps to recognize what is really, really good performance and make sure, you know, what, what is good versus what is expected, but make sure that the recognition follows those really exceptional performances. Um, providing opportunities for development, I think, is probably the biggest challenge for our industry. And I don't just mean um, promotion opportunities. I really mean, um, you know, coaching opportunities, secondments. I'm a big fan of secondments where people don't necessarily have the confidence to take on the next role on a permanent basis. Um, so I think there's lots of uh, work that you can do around that to make sure you keep your employees engaged, give them the opportunities and give them the stretch that they're seeking. Mm. And, and you said your, your communication over the last year, obviously, because of the situation that we found ourselves in, has been more internally focused. How, how have you been communicating with your employees? Uh, we, we've really um, mixed it up in terms of channels, and I think that's really important. So we've tried to keep it varied. Um, we also uh, broke some sort of internal rules. So, we, you know, Facebook page. So we, we've gone for that mix of formal and informal communication. We've gone for multi-channel. So email updates, Teams live events and, and the like. So we've really tried to uh, mix it up. Um, and more than anything, we've tried to make communication two-way. So we've done lots of updates, but then asked our people for, you know, what's your opinion? What's your view? What would you like to see next? So we've really got our employees engaged in that process. Amazing. What successes do you, Lisa, celebrate? And, and how do you celebrate them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Look, I, I, probably, I probably did a, a UK update um, to, to the other countries last week. The thing I was uh, really, really, really proud of um, was that our employee engagement results had dramatically increased since our last survey in September. So I, I poured over the results, as I always do, looking for why, why is it gone up and where is it gone up? Um, and my takeaway from those results was we were a stronger business coming out of the pandemic than we have been going in. So it was with a real sense of pride that I acknowledged that our managers had really stepped up. Um, I poured over the verbatim comments line by line. And, you know, there were some great shout outs for the leadership team and it was all in the narratives. It wasn't just that the numbers were good. It was that our language around the business had changed. So our employees were saying, We've recognised that Crawford have invested in our well-being. They've put our people first. So I, I was really, really proud of that. And I'm ashamed to say I've not celebrated that yet. But the, the results were only hot off the press last week. Hey, and at least now you can celebrate properly with a trip to the pub. Absolutely. The restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do, I guess you must feel that celebrating successes, celebrating wins and building confidence is all part and parcel of ensuring that your employees feel empowered. Yes, okay. um, so on the kind of flip side of that, how do we best identify those who um, maybe don't want to take on bigger roles because they don't feel particularly empowered? And, and how can we encourage them to, to, to kind of em embrace that? 
idea and, and overcome it to, to become empowered. So, you know, if there's resistance being empowered, I actually be, believe even if you don't want to get to the next level of role, you still need to be empowered. Because if you think about the practical effect of not being empowered, then but inherent in the role that you're doing, you, do, you don't know where the boundaries are or, or, or the restrictions. So then you will be asking for, how do I do this? Am I allowed to do that? And that, that's just a draining experience for anybody. So even if you don't want to get to the next role, if you are empowered, you will feel much more confident in the role that you do. And once you're confident and enjoying it, who knows what you'll want to do next? You know, th th there are no limits. Absolutely. Um, so going back to reflecting over the last year, if uh, with, with the benefit of hindsight, what, if anything, would you do slightly differently in terms of leadership? Um, I'm genuinely I'm, I'm not I'm not sure that I would do anything differently um, I we, we had to make some decisions at really short notice and uh, you know if I, if I think about uh, the move to home working we managed that transition in two weeks um, that meant we'd made you know big decisions not all of the information no project plan um, no, no means of a fail safe or any any contingencies so I would like to say, you know, we, we've made changes in that pace of change and comfort around making decisions with imperfect information um, would continue. And, and I think there's some evidence to say that would be the case. Um, I also think we've got more creative in terms of how we've used technology. Um, you know, so we've used technology, you know, to keep our business, but that, that's what you'd expect us to do. But we've also used technology uh, much more at the forefront of employee well-being. So, you know, we've done we've done webinars for our people in terms of supporting them through the pandemic. We've done yoga online, online fitness and all the other things. Had it not been for the pandemic, we would not have done that. Um, so I hope that some of those things are here to stay on a more permanent basis. Mm. Um, so I feel like we probably, we've probably touched on this slightly, but how um, how has the pandemic and COVID-19 impacted your leadership style? Um, so I think I've got better at, at quicker decisions, but with not all of the information. Um, so th those two weeks in planning for uh, remote working, um, I was nervous, I'll be honest. Um, but having done it once before, I think I'd probably be uh, less nervous in the future. Mm. Um, I've also got much, much better um, at communicating. So I think about internal communications much more than I did before. Um, you know, we certainly spent the first 100 days of the pandemic, we, we, we did a daily update every day for 100 days. Um, the only day, you know, the only time we stopped really was it, it was getting a bit vanilla and we, we thought, well, when is it, when is it ever going to end? Um, and so we, we went to much more of an intermittent uh, update. But that really, that really did work for us. Um, and I, I'm the sort of person that believes you always need to take the positive even from a negative experience and I think we as a Crawford team have definitely done that. Mm. How do you think uh, COVID-19 will impact or do you think it will impact diversity and inclusion? Uh, I think it will actually um, so I think um, as as all companies, including ourselves, sort of look for uh, smarter working, more agile working, whatever whatever the, the latest label is. I think there'll be uh, less uh, importance placed on geography. So there's one barrier 
removed to, you know, particularly more senior roles where you'd naturally think they need to be sort of situated in London. Mm -hmm. So I think those old rules need not necessarily apply. I think the trust agenda, uh, as, as all companies, you know, as an industry, we've done terribly well moving to remote working models. We're all trusting our employees more, uh, which builds trust, which builds empowerment, so that that will create opportunities in the future. I also think as flex, flexible working takes hold, um, those opportunities will be made more available because you know, the office is gonna be less, less important how we work. There'll be more flexibility about which hours we work. So I'm quite excited about the future because I think it will naturally improve uh, diversity and inclusion. Mm. Um, and you touched on flexible working. What made you embrace that at Crawford and, and what role do you think does that have in um, empowering your employees? So I think it's got a huge role in empowering uh, employees. Um, I, you know, my first reaction to uh, it was, I saw it as an opportunity to modernize the business and drive the trust agenda. Um, I saw it as an opportunity to do the right thing by our employees. And a good number of them are achieving a much better work-life balance with just avoiding the daily commute. So it's kind of, it's an opportunity to modernize, to do the right thing. Um, it, I have to say though, it was bolstered by my own personal experience. So um, more years ago than I care to remember, um, I, I adopted two boys and I had a, a very, very progressive line manager even before flexible working was a thing. Um, and, and I came to a, a, you know, a flexible arrangement so I could adopt my children and work when I wanted to work and, and dip in and out. Um, I was incredibly grateful for that opportunity. So it was a, a tailored solution that worked for me and it worked for the business. Um, so I was grateful, but I repaid that loyalty tenfold. And so that was a very sobering personal lesson where I think if I can do the same for other women, that's exactly what I would like to do. Absolutely. I mean, we've heard so much over the last year of how, how beneficial it's been. I mean, I think putting aside for those parents who've had to handle homeschooling as well, and I can't imagine how people have done that. But I think the added flexibility is only helpful. Um, and as you said, the extra time you gain from not having to commute is, is so beneficial for people. It is. Um, so what, what do you believe are the key steps to improving employee engagement? Okay, so I think firstly, you've, you've got to start with the leadership. So you have to have the right leaders that set the right tone. Um, you know, they need to be role models and they need to create followership. You know, th this has to be a team that people will follow. Um, you need to communicate well, which we've touched on today. Um, you need to reward the right behaviours as well. So, you know, if you're looking for a positive, progressive culture, you've got to reward the right behaviour um, and probably um, a source of um, that, that I think is probably critically important is you have to embrace feedback. So that's not just asking for it. It's asking for it, listening and then acting on it. Um, and I think that communication just has to be two way. Mm, absolutely. Um, why is supporting employee personal and professional development so important to you? Um, I think we're, we, we're all in a, an industry where there is a skills shortage. Um, that, that doesn't mean that's just the reason to do it, by the way. But um, if, 
if we all need to attract and retain the right talent, then I see um, professional development as one of the most significant levers to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think investing in employees' uh, development look, it makes sense for the employee, but it also makes sense for the business. It's, it's a win-win. So those two things go hand in hand. Mm. Um, and as a woman in loss adjusting, do you feel pressure to adopt a different style? I think that's a great question. Um, it may be 2021, but but double standards do still exist in my view. Uh, look, it's diminished over time, but they're still very much there. Um, so what am I thinking of? So, you know, some of the... Uh, qualities we we adore in men as a society so here i'm thinking about being decisive a go-getter get stuff done we revere those qualities in men sometimes different labels exist for women um, another example that I've, I've certainly been on the receiving end of if you're passionate about doing the right thing sometimes that gets confused with being emotional i see those two things as being very very different mm-hmm. and I am not saying that it's men that think this way about women because I have seen this thought process in women about other women so with your question around you know do do have I found it you know challenging to think about um, changing myself sometimes I have felt a little pressure and I think most women would have experienced that um, and I, I've never, ever changed my style, nor would I. And that would absolutely not be my advice to women. But sometimes I think a little bit of compromise is OK uh, for the greater good, but just don't compromise too often. Do you think that remaining true to yourself in terms of style, it helps you feel more empowered? Or do you think it's down to you already feeling empowered that you have the confidence to have faith in your leadership style I think those two things go hand in hand I think you have to have an element of confidence to maintain that integrity of your true self Mm -hmm. Um, so certainly it is much easier now in my in later career life than it was earlier Um, so times have changed and you grow in confidence Um, but I think if you compromise too much, you'll lose your own self-identity. So I, I just don't think you can compromise too often. And what is your advice to women who want to reach the top in insurance? Look, my advice is simple. Go for it. Um, there are no limits other than those you impose on yourself. It may get tough sometimes, but if you really want to get there, you will get there. Mm. That's my advice. I mean, it's great advice. How do, you, um, how do you personally ensure that you remain, because everyone has those moments, right, where they feel like, I don't know, maybe something hasn't gone their way or it hasn't turned out exactly how you thought it was going to. How do you as a leader come back from those points and ensure that you remain with that sense of self-confidence and that empowered feeling? Um, I can sometimes be a little reactive uh, so I, I could I could be this stereotypical emotional uh, person, you know, so something happens, I don't like it. Um, certainly in earlier life, I would react. Um, o- over the years, um, I, I've l- learned to be much more of a thinker, a reflector, and then choose my response rather than get caught up in how it feels right at that time. Um, so certainly when I see um, that thought process or need for a reaction in other women, I always coach them to say, take a step back, 
breathe, think about it, don't send the email. Um, and look, we've all fired those emails off, but um, I choose not to these days. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think also encouraging other women to kind of take a, take a breath, take a pause before they react? Do you think that's also, I mean, for me, a lot of the time I am wary of those gender stereotypes that you touched on earlier of, of women reacting in a certain way and being deemed as overly emotional. Do you think that kind of plays into that, the encouraging to take a pause ensures that we kind of can avoid falling into that trap? Hey, I, th I think men are just as capable of, of firing off an email. In fact, there's lots of evidence to say they're just as bad as us women, if not more so. Um, I think sometimes when it comes to uh, gender differences, um, I think we're all just a little bit too precious around, you know, gender, you know, the gender difference. Whether we like it or not, men and women are different. We're psychologically different, physiologically different. And I think a lot of the differences are to be celebrated. And actually it's about learning how to work together as a team and really looking for the positives in the differences rather than the negatives. Um, and I think that that's what makes it the fun of how we all get along together. Mm. And as you were kind of on your career journey, I'd also be really interested to know, did you have someone who kind of guided you? Did you have a mentor who helped you feel empowered or were there certain things that gave you that empowerment as you were on your way up to your current role? I've had, I've had a, a variety of mentors over the year of the years rather who, who've helped me as I have gone um it, it may just be something around me but um like many women I am my own worst critic so I am really really tough on myself and have been so I probably need to get better at not being quite so tough but in, as a consequence of that I've probably learned better from my mistakes of which there have been a great number over the years. Um, and I always think, look, we need to be get better at mistakes are okay. As long as we learn from them and move on and, and don't do the same again, I think, you know, they are there to help us. Mm. So how do you, as Crawford, plan to keep employees engaged in the, in the next phase that's coming when we start going back to the office, when people decide that they're gonna work flexibly and that we have a, when we have a combination of the two, yeah. So um, again, we, we've employed, employed uh, a consultant to look at. So how would we practically navigate our way through that? So um, we conducted a welfare survey to ask our people what they wanted. So do you want to come back to the office? Do you want to stay at home? Do you want the mix? So we've got all of the data. We then put a smarter working policy together based on what the employees want. Um, so our smarter working policy is going live on the 30th of April. Um, to move our evolution to the next stage, um, I've put all of the leadership team uh, through a quite intensive development program, which is all about helping us, me included, be better leaders of the future. So here we've been through an in-depth assessment to say, right, OK, Lisa, this is how you show up on a good day. This is how you show up on a bad day. OK, so what are you what are you going to do about that? Um, and so, you know, we've developed that to make us better leaders. The reverse mentoring is an initiative that's going alongside that. We've also got an empowerment program in terms of how do we change our culture? How do we keep the momentum? So mm -hmm. yeah, we've got a range of initiatives. We're gonna keep, keep up the pace and keep moving forwards. 
It sounds incredible. And it sounds like you've really spent a lot of time and effort considering exactly how to ensure that your employees remain engaged and, and empowered, which, which is great. Um, how do you ensure, how do you, I know you've touched on the importance of open communication and feedback, but how do you ensure that your leaders are empowering those who are either kind of just the road below them or all the way down? Um, do you, how, how do you make sure that the message of empowerment travels down the organization? Is it just through the internal comms or is it through workshops? Do you have a whole other range of things that you do? I think we've, we've historically relied on internal comms and the existing meeting infrastructure. So that's how it has traditionally um, been, been done. Um, we've probably uh, made great efforts during the pandemic to make the leadership team as a team to be much more accessible. So we've been doing a, you know, virtual teams events and the like. So I think that's made a difference. And we've really tried to make them interactive. So, you know, we've started these sessions with we want your feedback. We followed up. Um, we did we did do some sessions where we didn't get the feedback we needed. So myself and uh, the leader of that business we then call people up at random. So, you know, it was kind of feedback is not going away. Um, and I, I touched on the empowerment program. Um, so that is a relatively new initiative where we're talking about empowerment and asking our leaders, which includes the next, the next uh, layer down. And I don't know how far we will take that, but how do we bring empowerment to life in our business? Mm -hmm. How can we do that? So that, that's a new journey for us, but, but one we're very much working on right now. How exciting. This has been such an interesting conversation. And I think we really can't underestimate, especially when it comes to engaging with our women, the importance of empowerment and confidence in, in your actions in the workplace. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing your insight and all the amazing work that you're doing at Crawford. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone listening has as well. Thank you for inviting me, Genevieve.